Hello, beautiful tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Uvida. Thousands of years ago, before modern medicine proved scientific evidence for mind and body connection, the sages of India developed Ayurveda, which continues to be one of the most sophisticated, powerful mind and body health systems up to date. And I can begin to tell you, tribe, that it's about putting the power back in your hands. And the company that's helping you do that is Uvita. I've been on Uvita for a couple months now so that I can have a healthy gut and be able to clear my gut and be able to have the best digestive system that I can have. Because healing your gut allows the body to build a stronger immune system and produce the right kind of bacteria that tells your brain that it's okay to feel good. And as, as everyone knows, I'm the shaman who likes to stay lit and make sure the tribe is lit all day long. And so it's important for us to feel good in our bodies. And it's important for us to live a very healthy life. Uvita is a company that is doing that. They are utilizing the knowledge and understanding of Ayurveda in their company, wild harvested and organically grown herbs that they synergistically create in an Ayurvedic way to be able to give you what you need for your body to sustain health, wellness, and vitality. Everything that they have in their company is based in integrity, ethically sourced from natives who practice sustainability. And I can't begin to tell you how happy I am to share this with you and to have them be one of the sponsors for Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Their products offer everything from immunity to healthy joints and to healthy mood and healthy digestion and a healthy body. What more can you ask for from a company that is bringing Ayurvedic understanding to the Western world in a way that is supporting us and lifting us and shifting us into the greater possibilities of who we are? So I welcome you to experience Uvita. You can even contact them by going to their website, which is www.uvita.com. And you make your first order, type in the word shaman, which is their code for the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast tribe. And you will get 35% off on your order for your first order of Uvita. But I'm telling you, the moment you start taking this product, you're going to see dramatic change in your body and the way you feel. And that is the best. And as the tribe knows, I'm all about putting the power back in your hands. So go ahead and check out Uvita and use my code SHAMAN. And until then, live healthy always and every day in your life. Love you. Exciting news, tribe. My book, Spirit Hacking, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. Please go check it out. Please pre-order it so that the more pre-orders we have, we can make New York Times bestseller so that we can invite and ignite and bring more people into our tribe so that they can become leaders of legacy and we can change this world for the better. I love you, tribe. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And if anyone hasn't told you how amazing and magnificent you are and that you're loved, let me be the first. 
You are a powerful dynamic source here on earth to bring light, inspiration, and creative color through your expression in life. That means shine as you are as the creator in this embodiment. And anything that you do in life is making waves because you operate from a place of love and you remember for the sake of love. That means what? That means you were created by love, made by love for the sake of love. So everything that we do comes from that lens of love and honoring our sacred wisdoms and honoring ourselves is what it's about here on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I'm so happy for today's share. It's so honorable to just be able to be here with all you tribal members, to love you and embrace you, and to bring beautiful, amazing souls into the tribe to share their knowledge and wisdom with you, to enlighten you, to shake and wake you up, and to lift and shift you to higher possibilities. And as we talk about going out in the world and bringing the message of love forward, there's a lot of times we have to really acknowledge how much energy we're putting out. And a part of that energy is self-care and bringing it back to ourselves. And to do so, I brought an amazing, wonderful, talented, gifted, powerful queen, goddess, woman in the studio today. She is co-founder of New York's Institute of Aromatic Studies. She is an aromatherapy expert, a gifted, powerful woman who's about bringing self-care, creating an understanding and knowledge of how we can bring back the old ways into the new ways and maintain that, you know, that old, uh, how grandmother would have that old remedy or that old recipe for your health and for your wellness. Well, she's here to invite that back into our lives in the modern time. And that is so beautiful for where we are in our existence and our evolution, because the more we understand and the more we learn, the more we put the power back in our hands and we're not becoming codependent to a system. It would rather us have no knowledge of these things so that we can be dependent upon something that it wants us to have knowledge of. And that is not who we are. We are not sheeple and we are not here to play small. We are giants forging a new world into creation by our every move, our every thought, and our every moment of our life as we stay in our heart and be present. I'm happy to have in the studio Amy Galper, co-founder of New York Institute of Aromatic Studies. Welcome to the share. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. (laughs) Thank you. So honored to have you. So, you know, How did you begin your journey, my love? My journey really began actually with a health crisis, actually back in the mid-90s. And I kind of went through a big transformation and started to kind of realize that so much healing could come from plants. It's a long, involved story, maybe for another time. But that led me to a shiatsu therapist who had a real powerful impact on me. And I really got very connected to the energetics of the body. And that kind of led me on this whole mind-body journey. And then I became a shiatsu therapist myself and had a pretty vibrant practice here in New York City. And after I would work with someone... I realized that once they left me, it was hard for me to have continued impact. I mean, they would remember and experience it, and I gave them exercises. But then when I would see them maybe next month or whatever, I would ha- I felt like there was a lot of 
going back and going forward again. And I wanted to find a tool that they could kind of take away with them. At the time, I was dating my husband, and he had a friend who had a massage school in Ojai. And he had contacted us and said he was bringing in this amazing teacher to teach about essential oils. And at that time in New York, I had just got introduced. And from the first moment I had smelled it, I realized that was my answer. Because an essential oil really has a simultaneous delivery of uh, of both body and mind. The minute you smell it or the minute you put it on your body, you're getting both an emotional, psychological, spiritual experience, as well as those actual physical molecules entering your bloodstream and affecting change. So I was like, this is it. This is my answer. <laughs> so I ended up studying and with actually Jade Schutz, who's my co-founder. She was my first teacher. And she really just changed my life at that time. This was in the late 90s. And I came back to New York and started creating remedies for my clients. And then the rest is kind of history. Right. How beautiful. And you know, isn't it wonderful how you see the progression of your journey? how you were just being spirit led by mm-hmm. the by the senses by your senses mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i think that's a beautiful thing because a lot of times people get really caught up in the idea of like what am i supposed to be doing but if you just follow your senses of like what is right for you intrinsically you literally step into that space and it just happens and here you are now co-founder of this amazing institute in new york city you also um have um you know have co-written a book that i've heard about it's called the plant powered beauty uh, by amy Galper and Christina Doglina. Is that am I saying that? Danielle. Right? Danielle. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Danielle. <laughs> it's the essential guide to using natural in- uh, ingredients for health, wellness, and personal skincare with 50 plus recipes. I mean, this book is beautiful. The pictures of you and just the the images in here. And, and it seems so wonderful because it's literally a book about putting power back in people's hands. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also that power comes from reminding us that we need to create relationships with plants, you know, and we don't really think about that even when we're preparing our food. And I think that's why we wanted this to have a book where we were recognizing again that by making your own products, you're getting back in relationship with that. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, and like you said with the senses, you know, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of the sense of smell, obviously. But I think that's one of the most powerful. It's also our mo- our oldest sense. Yes. Um and it connects to something very deep, like almost a direct link to our heart. And I think if you like you said being guided in a way by smell can really direct you in a way that you may not even be aware of. I, I agree, hundred percent. There are times where I have, uh, I sense something or smell something, and it brings me back to growing up in Hawaii, or I smell something and it brings me back to Turkey or Israel or mm-hmm. any place that I've been or I've had some moments. You know, even I've had situations where I smelled something and it brought me to other lifetimes, which has been really amazing. Do you feel people are so stuck on brands instead of focusing on what is a vital information for them to have? And what do you feel is the vital connection that we've lost in society when it comes? to us just focusing on those brands. Yeah, I think um I think the problem there is that we get so distracted by the shiny goal, you know, all the shiny stuff that we forget about the what's authentic and real. And I think 
because there's so many, quote, essential oil brands out there, one thing that we really believe in at the school is that we don't align ourselves with one brand, but we really try to emphasize that and ask our students. We invite them to suspend that relationship, suspend that attachment to any brand and really just focus on what the plant is giving up to us, what the plant is offering. I mean, if you've been present for a distillation, it's quite an amazing process. You know, the plant is really giving up a lot for us to use. And I think that that if we can just let go of all that other kind of commodification and really just focus on that kind of connection to how it makes us feel um, and the stillness that smelling requires us be in that still space, that's so much more important. So we teach a lot of classes like on how to actually smell. I mean, it's amazing how people don't even understand really what that means. And we also try And also, I think we're so bombarded by so many kind of commercially manufactured aromas, you know, synthetic aromas, that sometimes someone who's not used to smelling something real finds it almost too jarring or disconcerting. And we have to practice. Our olfactory nerve cells that are in our nose are actually regenerative. We can actually improve them by practice. So you can actually improve your sense of smell by just sitting quietly and smelling things um, and trying to let your brain out of it. Like, I know I have a lot of beginning students who who like, I'll give them something to smell and they're like, what is this? And they try so hard to figure out, like to name it. And I try to remove them from naming and just do the experience of it. Right. Yes. The, you know, it's interesting that you say that because it's, uh, it's important to be aware of your senses and shamanism. One of the first things that we learn in shamanism in our training is to heighten our senses. So we always say, you know, uh, it's, there's one thing to see with your eyes. There's another thing to see with the eyes of your spirit. You know, it's one thing to hear with your ears, but it's another thing to hear with the ears of your spirit. It's another thing to taste with your mouth, but it's another thing to taste with your spirit. So what, what one of the tests, one of the, not a test, but I would say like trainings is we have to practice touching things without touching it and, and then be able to describe to ourselves what it would be like and then go and touch it and see if it matches. Or we would do things where we would hear and see what we hear, not in our ears, but what we hear. And if it's like a, a sound of a baby or a conversation that's happening and we become, we become so acute at it that we literally can hear people's thoughts. We can hear what's going on in our city where we're at, you know, and um, it really makes great too, you know, because it gives us a stronger and then the smell is really important too, because like there's times where I've smelled not with my nose, but with my spirit nose. And I was literally on a street and I smelled the smell of gunshots and gun gunpowder. And uh, and so I was telling my friend about it. He goes, that's so funny. He goes, because this street right here was known for a lot of, uh, you know, gun gun battles and things like that. And so you're picking up. And one time I was in this house, uh, this person's house, and they invited me to go to their office space for the day to because they said there was some strange energy. And I walked in, I smelled cigarette smoke. And I went down to find the smoke and there was a 
spirit who was smoking in the house. And I was like, why are you here? And it's like, well, this, this used to be a, my home before it was an office. And it was telling me the whole thing. And what's interesting is that if you develop your spiritual sense of smell, or if you develop your physical sense of smell, develops your spiritual sense of smell. It's really interesting. In shamanism, we have this thing called the bridge effect. So whatever you learn physically actually supports you spiritually. And whatever you learn spiritually supports you physically. So that's why I'm a big advocate when it comes to like everyone would be like, what do you, my, one of my favorite oils, and maybe you can tell me what it's, what it is, is rosemary. I put rosemary on like right now. I'm, I'm literally out of my bottle of rosemary right now. And it's been like, it's been it's been a challenge because now I have to use like one or two drops as I'm putting it on while talking to you. You know, this scent, everyone smells on me all the time. I love the smell of rosemary. I feel at peace. I feel energized. I feel empowered. I feel that my mind, my senses, my thoughts, the way I perceive energy is much more heightened in my awareness. And so I wear, I'm constantly rosemarying myself all the time. Is there any special thing about rosemary? Oh yeah. Rosemary has so many beautiful properties. I think when we're talking about energetically, which is what you're really describing, it's an incredibly um, clarifying and awakening and energizing in the sense that it really supports that that flow of creativity, that flow of thought, that flow of energetic movement. So like the flow of chi, for example. Okay. So always making sure that that energetic exchange is always happening, right? Which is why also it it's, I love the way you said in shamanism that there's this spirit energy and then the physical energy is because with my work with the oils is that I often describe them in that way, though I didn't know that that was that articulated <laughs> in the sense that, for example, with rosemary, when we're talking about the flow of chi, right, we can see how that parallels then circulation, Right. And how it's so important that when circulation is depleted or circulation is too high and hot, that it needs to be balanced or regulated in some way. And rosemary is like a beautiful oil for that. It also has other properties in it, which are known for its antimicrobial property, which is why you see a, a CO2 extract used often as an antioxidant in a lot of skincare products. Its ability to kind of inhibit the growth of bad things. So you can think of that also energetically, which is why I've used rosemary often in a diffuser to kind of space clear or to get rid of kind of negative thoughts or thoughts that bring you down or thoughts that kind of uh, gunk up your space because rosemary is also a great decongestant. So if you even look at that energetically, anything that's causing like a you know, something stuck in your flow or you need to expectorate and get it out. Mm. Um, it's very good. So rosemary, and then also interestingly, like in Western, in Western Europe, historically, you know, rosemary has a lot of, a lot of resonance with remembrance. And there's now like a lot of new research talking about its effect on our memory in the part of our limbic brain called the hippocampus mm -hmm, and hippocampus. how it like, and how it really helps stimulate memory. And so there's this idea of like, it also helping us think clearly amidst confusion <laughs> or chaos, that there's this idea of like, following through a thought, which again is again related to that experience of flow. So it's a really beautiful oil. First of all, can I just let you know like how honored I am that you're here? <laughs> 
because whatever you just said, not whatever, but all the things you just said, mm-hmm. I translated shamanically. So you said that rosemary is um is really good to like strengthen the body and strengthen the system and the mm-hmm. respiratory system and really create this flow. So everything so we talk about the bridge effect in shamanism, right? That everything you do on this on the physical has an effect on the spiritual. Like I always tell to people, if someone's really good at organizing and cleaning house, they're really good at figuring out people's problems and being able to clean up the mess that they create in someone's life. So everything is it translates, right? So what you just basically explained to me is that Rosemary actually protects you from negative energies, frequencies, and allows you to be able to sense those frequencies very clearly, giving you clarity and focus and gives you up, keeping you lit, which is what our tribe's all about, staying lit, right? And then also giving you that energy where you you have that clarity. So you have the creativity coming in from the muses. You have the energy that you're picking up on inside um, yourself and outside of the world. So you're able to create a separation between those energies. And it's opening you up so that you're able to see things in a very clear way inside of yourself so that you can make decisions that are much more smarter. And when you communicate, like I do a lot... Uh, it's about creating that creative flow because every time I go to speak publicly, I need like at least 10, 20 bottles of rosemary because I go through it so quickly. I'm always like ordering more rosemary, but it's my thing. And I always say, and I always tell people, everyone's like, why do you wear rosemary? I'm like, I feel like it's protecting my energy. I feel like it's it's creating an extra layer of protection and, and also keeping my senses and everything in my my heightened awareness at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. So you just literally explain that to me in the mm-hmm. most beautiful and eloquent way. Oh, wow. Thank you. It's the plant. It's really the plant. It is the plant. It's really the plant. And if you look at a rosemary bush too, it's very resilient. It's my favorite bush. You know, it's super resilient, right? It has that like barky kind of stem and it's like, it will even, you know, get knocked around. It grows in the desert. It grows on the side of like these hills that you don't think it could ever grow. It has this like real inner kind of grip in a way, you know, which I always liked about it. And it's very fragrant. It is. And I love love it. They always say, if you plant rosemary in front of your home, it stops the dark spirits or spirits from entering in your Mm -hmm. home, which is so, which is so wonderful. A sprig of rosemary keeps the negativity away. Mm -hmm. I love it. This is so powerful. I've just got so much. So, on that topic, <laughs> what are the essential oils that you feel that someone should have in their home? Like, you know how everyone should have a specific thing? Like, you know, when people go, you go to people's homes, they have in their kitchen cabinet, they have like their favorite spices, usually like oregano, pepper, you have like, you know, different spices and everyone has it in their home. What are the essential oils that you feel is necessary to have in everyone's home that they should have? Okay. I think if I were to narrow it down, I don't know, between five and 10 oils, I guess. I'm Mm -hmm. also thinking of oils that are easily accessible. Okay. Because if you want to start out really simply and just have your basic introduction, definitely think lavender is super important to have on hand. And why is that? Lavender, I think, is um, one of those oils that literally is good for everything. It's also really wonderful in a family dynamic, meaning it's great for 
the elderly, weakened immunity, compromised immunity, and for children and babies. So it's like it really kind of spans usage as far as age and kind of uh, state of health. It can be used both topically uh, for as an antibacterial, an antiseptic, an anti-inflammatory, uh, analgesic, meaning will relieve pain. It will relieve, you know, help heal a wound. It's cleansing. You could use it in a gentle hand cleaner or hand sanitizer. Also really great for quieting any anxiety. So really great for nervous anxiety, uh, nerves, uh, a mind that doesn't stop rolling and, mm -hmm. and overactive thinking. The busy mind. The busy mind. So it's really good. And also the other thing about lavender is that I don't know anyone who's ever had any contraindications with it. It's perfectly safe. Like if you get it on your skin, if you spill it all over, it's not going to be harmful or anything like that. So... So I definitely know that you've studied um, holism and so forth because you use the word contraindication and that's what we we learn oh. <laughs> in holistic school and so forth like that. So I love it. But for those of you who don't know what contraindication means, it means creating an adverse uh, effect upon your body that is that doesn't support your system. So it creates a contraindication to your system. Mm -hmm. right, so so lavender. Okay, so lavender. That's amazing. Tell me the other ones. I'm writing um, it down oh, just okay. so you know. I'm in school right now. Oh, okay, so lavender is great. The next one I would say is rosemary. Rosemary is, you know, we just talked about rosemary. Rosemary is awesome. It's great for a cold, you know, it's great for antibacterial, you know, hand cleaning, keeping the house clean. Someone in the house is sick, you can put in the diffuser with some lavender and help get rid of the germs that are flying around. It just has some really great uses. Can you do a breathing thing with it with hot water with the towel? Oh, absolutely. That would be lovely. What I would do is, right, you take um, warm water and I would just put one drop once you put your head over the the bowl with the towel, it's pretty strong. So you don't want to burn your face yeah, or anything yeah, like that. Drop. So one drop is like plenty. And rosemary is also great. You could add a few drops to like a quarter cup of bath salts for sore muscles or if you feel like um, you're getting sick, you know, to boost your immunity, that could be really nice. Another oil that I think is really great to have in the house is... Uh, I would say chamomile is really nice. There's a couple of different versions of chamomile, meaning there's different plant varieties. So I would stick with what's called English chamomile or Roman chamomile. It's the same plant. And that one, the, no, the way you know that you have that one is because it shouldn't be a blue color to just be clear. There is a blue chamomile, which is also awesome, but I don't know if I would keep that just because it can stain. But chamomile is really terrific as an anti-inflammatory. And so in any instance of inflammation from anger outbursts, a terror, you know, a two-year-old who won't listen to you as having a temper tantrum to I sprained my ankle or my um, carpal tunnel syndrome is acting up or whatever it might be. It's a really, really great anti-inflammatory. Would this be for ingestion or just for smelling? Smelling and topical. At our school, we don't always talk about ingestion. 
if you want to ingest essential oils, there's a really very specific way to do it. And we teach it in one of our new courses called um, Aromatic Medicine, where we give real herbal preparations and the proper way to ingest an essential oil. By just putting essential oil in a glass of water, you run the risk of disrupting those delicate cilia and mucous membranes in your esophagus and your digestive system. Right. And you want to be careful with that. You know, we, we're we beginning to see how much disruptions going on in our gut and how that affects so much of our health and even neurological kind of balances with gut health. So my recommendation would be to consult like an aromatherapist or an herbalist and talk about the proper ways to ingest. If you really feel like you want to ingest an essential oil, I always say, please don't do it in water. Take one drop, put it in a tablespoon of honey, mix it really, really well, and then take the tablespoon of honey. Mm. The honey will help what's called dissolve the oil constituents so they're not so harmful going down. So I have a question about that because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Whole Foods does oregano oils that you, that you drop into your water. Yes. So, you, so that's no good. No, but that oregano oil is already diluted in olive oil or vegetable glycerin. It's already diluted down into another substance. But direct, like if you were to just take oregano oil straight out of the out of the bottle and put on your tongue, you would burn your tongue. Like I've put oregano oil like on a wound on my bought like an infected, I don't know, put a drop there. And it literally gave me a blister. It's like a chemical burn. Mm. So you want to make sure that the oil is, yeah. So what is this? So this is uh, doTERRA has this thing called On Guard. It's a protective blend soft gel. And it comes in these soft gels. Oh, beautiful. So basically the essential oils are blended probably, if I read the label, it's probably blended in glycerin or... Or vegetable oil or MCT or something. Let me see. I take MCT oil. Yeah. So yeah, extra virgin olive oil, first ingredient. Oh. So there you go. That's the safe way to ingest essential oils. Uh, the tribe needs to know this because there's a lot of people out there who are just digesting oils and thinking that it, that's the way it's supposed to be. No, you got to have it mixed in something. And doTERRA has done a great thing. They put olive oil in a soft gel. They've already diluted down, dissolve the essential oil in the olive oil, put it in a little capsule. So now it's easy for our digestive tract to, you know navigate and to absorb. You know, just the straight oil is pretty intense. So chamomile, therefore, as one of the oils to have at home, like if you have an upset tummy, I've had great results um, because I always feel things in my gut. (laughs) So I always have great results like rubbing it in some you know, olive oil or anything I have at home, MCT oil, whatever it might be, and just soothing a belly rub, I find has an immediate effect because mostly sometimes, you know, belly issues often are emotional. And so sometimes the scent and that just quiet of just massaging the belly can also do a lot to relax you, but you could also ingest it with honey, which would be lovely. That's interesting. But um, chamomile is great. I would say chamomile is necessary. I think tea tree is another great oil. Really easy to get. 
you know, it's from Australia. There's great rich tradition of of the native people of Australia of Australia using it for all types of healing. Um, really strong antimicrobial, antifungal. Um, really great for skin healing, wounding, cleaning, cleansing. Also great for respiratory, for cold. Great for boosting immunity. And then I think uh, the citruses are great oils to have on hand, like sweet orange oil, which is really just a really powerful antidepressant, super joyful, uplifting, energizing, soothing to digestion, really easy to use. You know, I know no skin irritations happening with that. Lemon oil is another really uplifting, great citrus oil that's really cleansing. I like to mix it with um, rosemary for that emphasizing that clarity and cleansing of negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, lemon, you know, just from cleaning, it's like powerful against like germs. And you can even look at that like poetically, like anything you want kind of out of your space, lemon is really clearing. So we said lemon, orange, tea tree, chamomile, rosemary, lavender. I think frankincense is a great oil to have on hand. That's the one you gave me today. There's a wonderful a shop here in New York City called Enflorage, which is, we sell many of their oils. Um, They're an essential oil uh, distiller and shop. The the owner of Enflorage actually distills frankincense from Oman. And I think that is the most premier, most gorgeous frankincense I've ever encountered. And I think also, too, you're getting that really beautiful energy from this oil because you know it's artisan distilled, it's not mass-produced. And, you know, frankincense is from a resin, right? And a resin is like the is the deep sap of the tree. Mm-hmm. So it's really like the inner, inner soul, so to speak, of the tree. And what's so cool about frankincense, right, is that you know how they get it. They cut the tree, these old trees, mm-hmm. and they stab them. They wound the tree and they let the sap drip out. And then the sap gets hardened by the air and creates these crystals on the outside of where the wound was. And they're actually called tears. And these tears form and they look like quartz crystals, basically. And you scrape them off when they're harvested. And what you notice is that the wound that was caused to let the resin come out has been entirely healed. So frankincense is a tremendously profound oil to deal with wounds, not only for, you've seen a lot of like skincare products for anti-aging, keeping young, like skin cell regeneration and all this stuff, which is obvious, right? Because the oil just knitted together back the cells of the tree. (laughs) So it's pretty obvious, but also this idea of like traumatic, like inner wounds, right? Wounds that you can't see because you can't see the resin, right? And that the, and understanding kind of how to look inward. So frankincense is really great to inspire introspection, self, uh, self-reflection. self It's also really great for immunity, uh, wound healing, um, uh, really deeply sedating. So I think that's a nice oil to have on hand. So I would say those are my, I guess those are eight oils that I think eight, are good. Eight is great. Eight's a shamanic uh, code for opening oneself up to other oh, dimensions. Really? Yeah, they call it then, people call it the infinity now, but you, it's actually considered a very powerful code. So we have lavender, rosemary, chamomile, or Roman chamomile, or English chamomile, tea tree, 
sweet orange lemon oil and frankincense. The bottle that you gave me here says white frankincense. Yeah. And that basically, um, that means that in Oman, they have three different kinds of harvests of frankincense. But if you notice, there's a Latin name underneath called Boswellia sacra mm-hmm. or Boswellia cartera uh-huh. is a synonym. And that's really what the plant is, but we call it by the color of the resin. So this is distilled from the white resin. But if you were to go to Onflars, they're one of the few people, I think, really very few people I know who are selling the green resin or the black resin. Amazing. So, you know, a lot of people don't know about distilleries. I do. Mm-hmm. And I know that just to get one drop of that oil <laughs> is such a process. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I used to have an oil company that I created these magical shamanic oils called Mistron. I used to sell at Whole Foods. And I had a friend building a distillery for me. And it was so challenging. You know, I was like, I really just forget it. I think it's too much. So I decided to go the old fashioned way, which is to like, just pull the oils out as much as I can from the plant and then mix it with a, you know, a different type of oil Mm -hmm. and then let it sit in the darkness for a while. And then I put in um, like a vitamin E oil Mm -hmm. so that I could stay on the shelf for a longer life Mm -hmm. and so forth. And it was, it was great. But the the, the great part of it was, was even just in that process, it took, it took me forever. So like when I got one Whole Foods account and then I I went, met with the corporate because they said, oh, your product is selling so amazing. We want to put you in all these stores across America. And I was only one person doing this and it was just so much work, you know, and it was like, I was up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, turning these oils and like keeping this thing going. I had like turned two bedrooms in my house into like a factory, you know, and so I finally, I was like, I had to make a decision either to be there for the people or make these oils. And I decided to be there for the people. But the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of people don't understand that there's a sacredness in the, in, in the art of creating something, right? Absolutely. Like how I always say to people, why we should value life is because there's a sacredness in how we were created. There's a sacredness in the plants. Would you like to speak on that? Absolutely. Essential oils and the distillation of essential oils really goes way back to the early alchemists who understood when they looked at a plant and they smelled it, that the scent was invisible, right? But it conveyed the spirit of the plant, right? And early alchemy was like, how can we capture that spirit? How can we, you know, manifest it in the physical world? So that's really how this whole process began with the early alchemists of being able to take physical matter, right? Manipulate it in some way to extract this invisible and then turn that invisible into the physical. So that whole process of distillation is truly this alchemical process. And there needs to be great respect for that. And the distillation process basically operates where they take a lot of plant material, they gently heat it until the steam vapors nudge out the molecules that hold the aroma. And then they bond with the steam and then come as a vapor. They're still not physically realized, right? They come as a vapor out of the top of the distillation unit through a condenser, which cools the steam into a liquid, which is then the physical manifestation of the essential oil. And you need a lot of plant material. You need a lot of plant material. And a that little lot. drip, that tiny little drip is what I remember. Tiny, and, tiny drip. And I was drip. like, I can't do this. I can't. 
it's not like I can't, but I didn't want to. No, it's a lot, and it's a lot. Just of to make fun. one little bottle. This, I know. This size, I mean, this size, what size bottle is this? That's five milliliters. I mean, that one. I remember watching that one drip fall, and I was like, "That's it. All that plant that we had to get just to get that one drip." I was done. I was like, "I'm doing it another another way." Yeah. No, it's very intense. Now, you know, I find that process so powerful, even for any for our own journey. Like, I feel like everyone should be present for some kind of essential oil distillation. Jade and I both feel this way. So every year, actually, we do a retreat in Sedona where we bring about 12 students to work with this really incredible woman who's an artisan distiller and alchemist. And we go out into the mountains of Sedona and we collect all of this plant material and then we go back and we distill it together. And we'll gather like 100 pounds of Douglas fir, pinion pine, Mm. needles, and then we prepare the material and we put it in there and we only yield like four ounces. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking. A <laughs> hundred pounds, a whole day of gathering. Oh right? my goodness. And then you get like four ounces. And then I think when you're there for that process, you realize how precious and what the plant has offered up. Like that's what they've given us to work with. You know, there needs to be great respect for that, you know, reverence Reverence for it. And I think the other thing too is I think understanding that aroma is also what they're really sharing with us, you know, and that the molecules are super powerful to healing, but it's that aroma that really can speak. Because a lot of and people also make the hydrosols. Yes. You know, and that, um, I mean, I, 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 again, I attempted to make the hydrosols, but it's just, the whole process was, it takes so much yeah. for how much I had to create for the stores. So I just did it a different way, yeah, you know. Of course. However, I have a lot of respect for it, you oh, know. It's beautiful. And I think that <laughs> the reason why I wanted you to share about that is because I think it's important that people know that when you're the difference between, you know, just buying an essential oil and there's like, oh, I have an essential oil, but like really understand that you have this sacred energy in your hands and it was created with so much love and so much care Mm -hmm. that went into getting that one little drop that hits your palm Mm -hmm. is so important and that leads me to what i wanted to ask you about your thoughts upon you know people who buy essential oils and those who buy synthetics ah well a synthetic is not an essential oil at all obviously it's uh, aromatic that is created in a laboratory by chemists mostly has a lot of residues of petrochemicals that's what i wanted you to talk about yeah because a lot of people think oh well you know i got something cheaper you know or less expensive and then I think the reason why I wanted you to, to to go about that is because what they don't realize is that they're putting something in their environment that is toxic. Yes. And they're supporting a, tox, a toxic um, company that's creating it and giving them their money to say, hey, give me more toxicity instead of me just going and spending an extra 10, 20 bucks to get something that was made with reverence. Yeah, and I think also too, we have to remember that we're made up of the same molecules the plants are. We're not made up of synthetics. So we really resonate. And as talking about the toxicity, right, is like if we bring in a synthetic into our body, it doesn't know what to do with it. 
It doesn't know how to process it. Whereas when we bring in like a natural or plant-based ingredient and substance, right, we recognize it and we know how to process it through our body. A synthetic, unfortunately, is fat-loving. You know, it loves to dissolve itself in fatty substances. So when we take in a synthetic in our body, it can remain in our fatty tissue for a lifetime that's, that's, and have like a cumulative effect. Oh, that's gross. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, so someone might say, oh, I'm going to use this. You know, I just use a little bit, but she's been using that brand for 30 years. So a little bit for 30 years can accumulate over that time. And we see this even in its effects now, horrifically, environmentally, what's going on, right? That these little bits that have been emitted right are cumulative that's right it is a cumulative it's a cumulative effect and so i think that if we understand that our body you know recognizes what is natural like our body already knows our body has so much knowledge and so i think that kind of helps you know i think that's so important also too with the fact that we want to maintain a level of homeostasis in our body and when we actually um bring in these you know these um toxicities and into our system from these chemical um byproducts that are being created in false oils and things of this nature this is one of the major causes for um lymphatic cancer and um skin problems you know all types of skin problems skin cancer you name it because the body cannot handle the amount of chemical intake. And if you, like you said, if you've been using this product for a duration of time, um, it does begin to create what we call a cellular breakdown within the body. And mm-hmm. most people don't even realize this is happening Absolutely. until it's too late. All of a sudden, your lymph nodes are swollen and you have this big, you know, lymph node that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger because your body doesn't know how to get rid of the chemicals. And all of a sudden, now you have lymphatic cancer, mm-hmm. you know, or you have certain type of um, inflammation in the blood that your body then goes into all kinds of things like sickle cell anemia and all of these very difficult things that we shamans see, you know, because of the level of toxicity that people are bringing Mm -hmm. into their lives. That's why I'm really glad that you spoke about that. I think that it's all about education, you know, because I know there's a lot of tribal members right now who probably have some of those oils and really need to just dispose of them as quick as possible and really Mm -hmm. get into the reverence of the essential oils and acknowledging how it's not about us bringing things into our system that are contrary to who we are, but it's about bringing things into our system that actually have a symbiosis to who we are. Absolutely. You know, and there are ways to kind of discern if you're buying essential oils to know like how authentic it is like one thing like one thing is i think you should definitely make sure that the botanical name like the latin sounding name of the plant is written on the bottle and that there's some information either on the label or on the website that tells you where the plant grew where it was from um, which is very important i think also another way of of understanding it is is getting let's say a a lavender scented soap from i don't know uh, like Dwayne Reed or something like that and then getting an essential oil and just teaching your nose how to differentiate like between what's real and what's not real you know i tell my students all the time like buy everything and smell everything because your nose if you practice will know what 
resonates as real and what won't isn't. And if you practice and you'll really get to know a little bit more about that. So do you see a smile on my face? (laughs) (laughs) You know why I'm smiling? Because this is literally shamanic. Oh, really? Yes, because what you're explaining is how we shamans learn to know the difference between like what energy feels like when something is really happening to your body. If someone is really being able to tap into your energy frequencies and be able to give you a strong, true shamanic diagnosis and reading versus someone who's just pretending because they've learned how to, you know, move around it a little bit. It's really important in this day and age that we look for authenticity when we're, when we're, when we're dealing with anything. It doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter how many credentials they have. It's more about the level of knowledge that they have in their and the time frame that they have. Because I mean, let's face it, knowledge doesn't just ha- you don't get a download of a knowledge in one year. So when people are like, "Oh yeah, you know, I've been practicing aromatherapy, you know, for one year, and now I'm going to start telling you how to use it and stuff for your body," and I'm like, "Uh, you know, where did you go to school?" You know, it, it, I think it's important for us to, to get to gain, uh, do some due diligence and gain some more information. And that's why I love what you're talking about, because the reason why I was smiling is because you're talking about taking the bottles and smelling them and know the difference. And I think that's a huge, huge part of society that we really need to recapture, Mm -hmm. which is being able to know the difference. Mm -hmm. And know the truth and know your truth. We get so caught up, you know, and I think that's why I think... I'm such a big advocate of like taking time to just sit and smell because just by smelling something like an authentic and genuine plant based, you know, plant oil, we can really like direct you fully to your heart. I mean, it's a direct path there. So I think by learning how to smell in that way is going to be really important, but then also taking classes and also taking time, like you said, you know, like you have to understand with essential oils that it's as with plants, as I'm sure you know, it's about cultivating a relationship. And like you might meet someone and you might love them, but right, you understand like your good friend is your friend who you've had for 20 years. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can have a great new fast new friend, but that's a new friend of a year. There's still a lot to explore. There's still a lot of of things to go through with that person. You know what I mean? Yes. To love about that person. And so With an essential oil, I believe that too. Like you need time with them. You got to give yourself time. And with plants, like some of the best herbalists, the best practitioners are ones who have like, are out there in the field, like working with the plants, like understanding it, you know? So I think that's really important to be able to cultivate that relationship and also be aware that like with people, that relationship will change. Like my relationship with rose geranium and essential oil 20 years ago is so different than what it is now today. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> did I have, have a break up? Did you I did break up with them for a while. <laughs> I broke up with them because I overused it. I went a little psycho girlfriend on it, I guess. Right. And it snapped back at me and I had to take take a break. And now I still have to be a little more gentle as I reintroduce it. But you know, that happens and they have different ways of working. You know, there's a new oil that has recently been kind of introduced into the essential oil aromatherapy world called cystus. It's a very holy oil. It's like from the 
same plant that came out of labdanum, which is one of like the holy oils. And labdanum is from the resin of the leaf, but the cystus is distilled from the leaf and the flower. Anyway, and it's an incredibly beautiful oil. But the more I smell it, the more I'm like learning about it. And it's been now three years and I still feel like I, I'm, I'm just, you know, touch toes with it, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? You need I mean, it time. Is. It's a time and it's a relationship. Absolutely. I think very much so. And when people are making oils, like, you know how people will take one oil and put another oil and put mm-hmm. another oil and put another mm-hmm. What do you think is a good base oil? Oh, base oils. I'm a big proponent of jojoba oil. To me, that is my favorite base oil. And one of the main reasons is, is that it actually molecularly or chemically isn't really considered an oil, but a a wax. And that means that it really has no stability issues, that it will stay, uh, what's the word, like stable like pretty indefinitely. And also what's really unique about it is because of its unique chemical makeup, like the way that all the molecules are arranged, it resembles our own sebum. So it's the our the mm-hmm. own oil that our body is produces, producing, right? Through our sebaceous glands. Exactly. Through the sebaceous glands, like the jojoba, like it just synergizes well. So it's a really great way to actually carry the essential oil molecules into our body in an oil that our body immediately recognizes. Right. You know what I mean? So I just love jojoba. That's amazing. Which one do you think that people shouldn't use? Oh, as a carrier? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty open. So so pretty much most oils, would you say? Like grapeseed oil? Well, grapes, yeah, grapeseed oil I think is great. The only thing with grapeseed oil that I would be aware of is I've heard recently it's been being extracted using solvents. What? Yeah, I don't know. Unless you can find a really good cold. I mean, there's a lot of mass produced grapeseed. So I would just make sure that it's not being extracted using solvents. What else? Yeah, I think all the oils are pretty. I mean, any carrier oil is good. Sesame oil I love. Sunflower oil I love. Avocado oil I love. Tamanu, boabab, coconut. I mean, it's all great. fantastic. But the most important thing is for them to do their due diligence to make sure it's not with any solvents. Yeah, make sure that it's actually like, you know, I tend to go with USDA certified organic because though I think that's a really high standard. And then also anything that's EcoCert, I find they have very stringent regulations and standards and how the, the nut and seed oil needs to be processed. Right. Amazing. So do you believe that having an understanding of plants will put the power back in people's hands and create more health and wellness on our planet? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think it was one of the first relationships we ever had, right? Mm -hmm. Was with plants. Yes. And certainly, I think they invite us to be still. And I think by taking a minute to be still is key to all of it, you know, of just breathing, of just connecting, all of that. I think also um, engaging our sense of smell with plants is going to be really important. I'd even maybe take it a step further and saying like engaging with plants, but also engaging our senses, as you talked about. Because even when I teach essential oils, I obviously am emphasizing how they smell, but I'm also like, 
This is a full sensory experience, everybody. We need to touch the oil. You need to understand what lavender oil feels like. You need to understand what it does when you drop a drop on your skin. You need to drop a drop on your skin and then put a drop on your tongue to know what it tastes like. You need to understand the plants like from this whole is the word organoleptic, right? Uh, all, yeah. <laughs> the, all the senses yes. engaged. And I think that, that as you were talking about right in the beginning of our conversation, engaging all of the senses allows us, I think, to make that connection directly to our truth. Mm-hmm. And that's where it will all begin. So interesting you say that because in shamanism, we have this, our first training as kids is in observing. So we have this whole um, understanding that if we are constantly reactive or we're constantly judging or analyzing something, we are not being invited. And so in order for us to truly be, you know, you know, powerful shamans to be able to support the people in fighting their own leadership is about being able to observe. And through observation, we don't have an agenda. We don't have an idea of what's going to happen. We don't have an idea of trying to analyze something or judge something. We're just in observation. And in that moment, whatever we're observing, if it's a tree, if it's the wind, if it's the ocean, if it's the smell of something, we get invited by that thing. So it's not us inviting ourselves. It's we get, we wait for the invitation. And Mm -hmm. when that invitation comes, now we go on the journey. Mm -hmm. And so this helps us as shamans to be able to access the spirit world, to access frequency, to access smells that can take us to other worlds. You know, you know, there are there are different types of smells that, you know, we do in shamanism where, you know, one of the things we we practice is smelling people, smelling things in our in our life, you know, Mm -hmm. smell our own skin. So we Mm -hmm. know what it smells like, Mm -hmm. everything. And so it teaches us about different types of people's energy. So if I come across someone who's got a lot of anger, I can smell their anger. I can smell the joy. Mm-hmm. There's certain smells. Like when someone said, one time this woman was sitting on the dinner table and I looked over her and I said, you're a witch incarnate. And she said, what? I said, yeah, no, you, you come from a long line of like, you have witchery inside of you. You have ability to, to, to understand alchemy and magic very clearly. You're a natural witch. And she goes, how do you know? I said, because witches always have the same scent. And they smell, they have this kind of very like, almost like not pumpkin spice, but like a, like that kind of smell of like that pumpkin spice mixed in with some sweetness. And it's, it's a smell. And everyone in the room, the dinner table was like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, get up and smell her, smell her. And they got up and smelled her and they're like, oh my God, he's right. And she goes, that's so crazy. Cause ever since I was a little girl, I used to always think, tell my mom, like, I'm a witch, you know, I'm a witch. And, and it's so true. And there's like, I can smell when someone's anger. I had a friend one time we were at an event and I was standing, this guy was talking to me and I told my friend, I want to get a, I, I, this person has a lot of anger inside. And he goes, how do you know? I said, I can smell the anger. And so there, there, and, and that comes from our training of observation. And there's seven years of training of observation that, you know, that even when students, you know, like for instance, just recently I did a, a workshop at the Rama Institute and uh, it was about connecting with your animal spirit. A lot of times people just think you just go in and find your animal spirit as you have to be invited into the world to where your animal spirit is at. So they practice learning to just observe and through observation, you are aware of all your other senses. Your one woman said that her arm disappeared. Another person said that they could feel their heartbeat pumping that they never heard before. Another person said to me that they um, felt tired all of a sudden and she thought, okay, it's not working. And I said, no, you observed and the spirit invited you in that you're tired. 
and that you're not getting enough rest. So if you felt like you needed to sleep, just go take a nap, you know? And so it's beautiful what you're saying because there is, as you said, the stillness. And shamanism, the first key to anyone's awareness or to be able to reach some states of enlightenment, to be able to be of greater service for humanity and for the planet and for the animals on the planet is to develop an awareness. And awareness can only be developed in that place of observation and stillness. Mm-hmm. Beautifully. So that's just it's so... So amazing. So I definitely, definitely believe. What are the false informations regarding using oils? That they'll heal everything. <laughs> that it is the cure-all. Like use, you know, thyme oil and it'll get rid of your breast cancer or something like that. I find that very dangerous mm-hmm. information. It scares me. Mm-hmm. I've had people come to our school, our store, and, you know, say, I have cancer. Someone told me to use this oil and all that, and I just, it breaks my heart. You know, essential oils are a tool in a whole matrix that involves healing. It's not the be-all, it's not the end-all. And I think that in this time when people are in such crisis with pharmaceuticals and Western medicine and, you know, this is going to fix me. And we have this, especially as Westerners, I'm talking specifically Westerners, this allopathic approach of symptom relief of that, you know, I have a headache, use peppermint oil, get rid of the symptom. Or I have a stomach ache, use chamomile oil, get rid of my stomach ache. And I think that's a little dangerous. Now, on the one hand, yes, it will relieve the discomfort, but really that imbalance is a a signal to something else that's going on. Mm And that there's a cause mm-hmm. that's happening that's causing a disruption of what we call our radiant beauty, which is this, this um, ebb and flow of how much sleep we get, what is our spiritual practice, what are our relationships like, what food are we taking, have we been out in nature? Like it's this whole interplay of all of these things that make us well. And that being healthy is not just being free of pain or free of symptoms. And that essential oils, I think the danger is, and I see it all over the internet, is that that's the cure-all. And it's it's a tool. It's like the vehicle to get you to find what the cause is. So it could be a tool in that practice. So... That's my you, spiel you literally, on that. I just went to church with you. <laughs> you know, I had to stop saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. You just say it. You're just speaking now. Speaking now because I feel you. <laughs> because literally, one of the things that I find a lot in people is this um, very exaggerated tone in their health and wellness practice. It's this idea that they make something so, you know, like an essential oil, like, oh, yeah, this essential oil, you know, it's healing my cancer. No, first of all, all of these symptom-related things, right? Which is the same thing the allopathic world does. Oh, there's a symptom, let's fix the symptom. But then the person's going to come back again until they feel the core. And the shamanism is about recognizing the core. What is the source of these symptoms? And the symptoms are not just brought on just because you didn't do yoga or you didn't do your, you know, your meditations or you, know, you didn't do your essential oil for the day. It's a multiple of the, the constructs of aggressive energies that are affecting you individually emotionally, 
mentally and creating disbursement in your spiritual energies. And so a lot of times people don't even realize your sickness could be just the fact that you're having lunch with friends and they keep complaining and you're being absorbed, absorbing all that negative energy. Or it could be the food that you're eating that is actually creating an adverse reaction in your body that you think, oh, I love eating this. I love eating that. But you haven't really did a DNA test with a nutritionist, with a person to really look at you know, your blood platelets and how your body is reacting to certain types of combinations of food. And you could be creating inflammation the whole entire time, enjoying the meal you're having, going to bed, eating that ice cream, but you don't even know. Or it could be the music you're listening to. You're listening to hip-hop music all the time and it's degrading. And there's a part of your being that can't stand being put down as a woman and you keep listening to music that just degrades women, that's causing a stimulus inside of your body. That stimulus then begins to react and eventually over a period of time starts to creating certain serotoxins in your body that actually accumulate and cause cancer, can cause breakdown immune system, fibromyalgia, the list goes on. And so a lot of times in shamanism, what happens is that we look at these, look at these different people come in and they have these very like you know, matter of fact ideas. And like you said, it's dangerous. It's scary. It's, it is scary. It's very scary to think that human beings have gotten so uh, disconnected from the source, which is creation, that they only see symptoms. And they, once they see themselves symptom or they don't have pain, they think everything is great. One guy came to me and said, I work out, I go to the gym, I don't have any pain on this. And then all of a sudden I have prostate cancer. How's that possible? I said, well, there's a lot of things that you aren't looking at. And it's not just because you don't feel pain that your internal self is functioning at an optimum level. There are many factors that causes illness and disease. And then a lot of, a lot of things that people have to understand is that as you're talking about this radiant beauty, right? And this understanding of homeostasis for us in shamanism, which is creating this the totality of your four spirits being in harmony with each other and being able to recognize where these aggressive markers are and being able to eliminate them, not mitigate them, eliminate them. So you're not making excuses that it's okay to put up with abuse from your friends at the, at the table because they keep talking about their horrible relationships that are affecting your heart space, that are affecting your ability to understand your emotional well-being. And that's why I love essential oils because I'm going back to that and I just wanted to add this in because and I wanted to hear your thoughts about it. But what I love about essential oils is not also the 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 aspects of the 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 wonderful holistic benefits, but also the fact that I could be listening to friends talking about something negative and literally I can open up my pocket because I carry oils with me all the time. They're in every pocket and every jacket pocket and everything. And I can just take a whiff of an oil and literally I can feel my whole biodynamic of my system, like my whole bio system and my entire dynamic energy source system being restructured from all of the aggressive energy that I'm picking up on from the people. What are your thoughts about that? I am in complete agreement and I've used essential oils have a direct, and let me back up. When you smell an essential oil, it's one synaptic jump from your limbic mind, which is the place in our brain that holds all of our emotional stress response to outside stimulus. So we were designed in this miraculous way, right, that our sense of smell protected us, right? That mm -hmm. when we smelled danger, 
in a way, as you describe shamanism, you could smell danger when it was coming. Mm-hmm. Our body then in that one synaptic jump, right, would send a signal to our thalamus, our hypothalamus, and then that would then generate the production of protein and enzymes to prepare our body to either fight or flight, right? To all these chemicals to, to protect us, to save our life. So that means shutting down our digestion, shutting down our reproduction, heightening our circulation, making our muscles stronger. Increasing adrenal release. Is stre- increasing adrenal release, right? Is that scent is immediately connected to what we call our stress response to external stimuli. So when you're in that situation, and I I've used this with clients. I don't see that many one-on-one clients that much anymore. But when I I had one client who had a who had a phobia, and we were trying to really work through it by kind of reprogramming her response to this external stress. So I created a blend for her that she absolutely loved, like was all comforting and full of love. And it was just like, she just developed a relationship with a blend of like six essential, five or six essential oils in a roll-on. And I had her use it all the time. So she had this relationship of comfort and love and protection and beauty from this. And then I had her put it away for a little bit and then reach for it in moments throughout her day when she felt slightly anxious or whatever. And we kind of built up to it. And then when we knew that that situation was going to happen, right, and she was terrified, she now could reach for that oil prior to that event, use it, and was able to sail through because she was able to kind of reprogram that stress response. So scent has an enormously profound effect on how we respond to stress because as you just explained so perfectly, right, that any kind of stress response can cause this like chemical cocktail to wash through our body. And in a modern day life, like, you know, when we were originally designed, if we were going to run away from the tiger or the dinosaur, our body then got tired and we rested. We knocked out for like a week and we were prepared. We don't have that or we don't allow ourselves to yeah, have that. Yeah, that's a good one. We don't allow ourselves yes, to. right. Right. So we're constantly bombarded. And then the worst part is, is I think is now these external stressors are even becoming now internal stressors. <laughs> but our body doesn't know the difference. So like if you're filled with like... <laughs> you're going like, to make me die laugh to death. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you're like filled with all these negative thoughts about yourself, like I'm stupid or I'm this, I can't do that or whatever, like your body doesn't know that that's not coming from an outside stressor. And that's so right. it responds in the same way. So that's why having a scent anytime you have a negative thought, you can use a scent to kind of redirect that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. I mean, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you said that because it's so, <laughs> there's so many people who don't know that every time they react, like, okay, like for instance, you know, um, I always say to people, complaining is draining, right? And they, so I say complaining is draining. So do you want to be a tap where you fill in or do you want to be a drain? So they don't realize that every time they're complaining about something, their internal system doesn't see it as, oh, they're just complaining. 
The internal system goes, oh, there's a threat. There's something happening here that's uh, affecting, shut down the system, get ready to fight or flee. And so all of a sudden, their cortisol levels go up. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, their body starts releasing certain types of markers to release certain adrenaline and start activating certain parts of their brain that are dealing with this energy. And then when the body realizes that it happens every single day, there is this intense shift that happens on these very intricate levels of the being that create so many breakages within the body because the body is now an overload because it's like, how come the threat hasn't ended? Mm-hmm. How come there isn't someone coming in? How come the, the, either the, the flea hasn't happened or the fight hasn't happened? Why isn't it happening? Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't recognize the reason why it's not happening because no one's actually coming from the outside and doing anything to you. You're the one doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you become your that you are become the master aggressor that never shuts up mm-hmm. and never stops. But your body doesn't see it as a word; it sees it as a threat. Mm-hmm. So it has to run that system twenty four hours a day mm-hmm. through your system because now you're complaining every single day. And then you wake up all of a sudden and you wonder why you ha- why you're ill. Mm-hmm. You wonder why you have chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. You wonder why you have brain fog. You wonder mm-hmm. why. You have all of these different things happening in your system, such as psoriasis and all of these different things, Mm -hmm. because your body has been constantly generating Mm -hmm. the same response it would have if a lion was to attack you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's why I I love what you said. (laughs) You know, I I mean, that's just, the tribe needs to know that because people have to stop. Yeah. And oils can help us just by smelling it. It's really simple. Just by smelling it. That's all you need to do. So basically, everyone should have a bottle of oil in their bag. Yeah, and just smell it whenever you're feeling nervous or whatever. I think that's a good place to begin. And even I mentioned those eight oils, which are great. But honestly, it's any oil that you like the smell of. You know, you want it to be pleasant. You know, I might recommend, I don't know, frankincense. You may smell it and not like it. That's okay. You don't have to like frankincense. You know, find a, (laughs) do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't like it, if it doesn't you know, resonate with you. But I think what's important is this to engage your sense of smell and find something that you do enjoy smelling. And that's a good place to start. What are your thoughts on blue tansy? Oh my gosh. I love blue tansy. It's one of my favorite oils. Because the spirits told me that that oil is going to help so many people during this time. Ah, interesting. Blue tansy is a very powerful antihistamine. And so we're talking about like its tests on its chemical constituents. But where I see the power of blue tansy is in its ability to reduce reactiveness. That's why the spirits are talking about that. It's everyone is in a state of psychotic reaction right now. (laughs) It's terrible. You turn on the news and it's like unbelievable. I don't even watch the news. I don't even, I mean, it's too much, right? Yeah. Blue tansy is about like quieting that reactiveness, which is why like as, you know, strictly from like a medicinal perspective, why it's so great for allergies, right? That we have like something triggers us and we have an allergic reaction, right? It's reactive, That's why it's so beautiful in that respect. And it's a powerful anti-inflammatory. But, you know, I think it has emotionally, like I use that oil mostly emotionally. I find it really good to kind of help 
step back before you re- like to get out of that habit of reactiveness. It's part of the uh, plant family called the Asteraceae's, which is a beautiful family of plants, mostly flowering plants, that all have to do with healing wounds. So oils like chamomile, arnica, St. John's wort, calendula, helichrysum, all these oils come from that same family. Yarrow, all about healing wounds. And this is a great family to be a part of. Yeah. So I think blue tansy is like, also has that resonance of, of real deep healing. So that's why the elders, when I go into meditation, they tell me that I need to let the tribe know about blue tansy. But I didn't want to say anything to the tribe until I had you on the share. <laughs> It's a beautiful Because I've been waiting for someone to come on and, and join and step into the tribe and educate us. And I was like, and my and just now my grandmother goes, mention blue tansy. Mm-hmm. Because it's been this thing that, you know, that is I think is they keep saying you have to make sure that everyone that you work with, everyone that every one of your students has blue tansy, because this is what they need right now to handle what's happening with the calamities that are taking place on the mm-hmm. earth right now. And so that's why I asked you because I wanted to hear what your thoughts about it was. Because mm-hmm. they said it was used. Uh, this is how my 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 ancestors had brought it up to me. Um, they said that the blue tansy, what it does, is it creates an awareness to get you back into the place of observation, which is Mm. the first key in shamanism that we learn, which is to observe and not react. Because every time you react, you lock in the dimension of Mm -hmm. that reality. Mm -hmm. When you are fluid and in observation, you're able to see all of the different Mm -hmm. nuances of energy and then make a decision that serves your greatest good. Not just because when you react, you don't know if you're serving your greatest good anymore because you're just jumping, Mm -hmm. right? I really, truly am happy that that that's exactly what it means. Oh, I've yeah, been, absolutely. So it's amazing. This, and you can get that effect just by smelling it. Mm. You know, it's a beautiful, it's a very deep blue color, almost like a gem. It has like a gem blue color, like sapphire. Oh, I love it's it. It's gorgeous. It's my favorite color, fat and pink. You know, it's great to use, like, because it's so blue, it can stain things. So I would definitely dilute it if you're going to use it topically. But you can get a lot of benefit just from smelling it. You know, it's a pretty beautiful, it's one of my favorites. It can be expensive. So you should let everyone in the tribe know that it is a more pricey oil. takes a lot of flowers to make it. And there was a period where it was being over-harvested, so it was harder to get. But now I understand it's a little more accessible now. So that's definitely an oil to hold with reverence and its preciousness. But absolutely, I'm in full agreement. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I'm a woman's advocate. And, you know, being a woman's advocate, I'm always looking for ways to support women in filling up their vessel and being able to handle what women have to sustain here with their life on earth. Are there any types of oils that you recommend specifically to to help women fill up their vessels and give back to themselves? Yeah, I would say like... And I'll name a few of them that I think are really beautiful. I think rose oil is essential. Unfortunately, it is like super expensive. Like we sell, like, what do we, I think two milliliters is like almost a hundred dollars. It's like really hard to get authentic rose. But when you do get that experience, to me, that is like the quintessential one because it really is about 
heart-womb connection and getting back to like creator, to nurturing, nourishing. And also it's all about love, um, emanating love. So I think rose is a beautiful oil. I think uh, rose geranium, if you can't get access to rose, is a really great, I don't want to say replacement substitute because it has its own real power on its own, but that also has great resonance with the heart, very resonant with women's reproduction. And I would say if there's one word I would describe rose geranium, it's really about balance. Balance emotionally, balance in life, balance in your relationships, balance in your skincare, any way you use it. It's an oil all that brings us back to balance. And then of course, I would look at clary sage, which um, through folk and um, herbal medicine practices has always been an oil that has like feminine resonances, though not necessarily chemically, like its chemical constituents aren't estrogenic or anything, but it's, you know, meaning that they carry estrogen type of yeah. markers or, or or influences, but just that it has deep resonance. Um, if you even look at the flower, like if you really look at it in full bloom, it definitely like resembles like, you know, uh, women's parts in a way. It's very voluptuous and all of that. The so, vagina. Yeah. We call it, we call it Jai Jai power. On, yeah. Uh, and, and on, Definitely on, on lots share. of Jai Jai power in um, the uh, Clary Sage. And that to me is very grounding and centering. It's also really great as a sedator. I think women often are, are nurturing and nourishing others all the time that they feel very depleted. And I find Clary Sage very, um, what you said, filling the vessel, mm-hmm. nurturing and nurturing for yourself. And so I would say that would be a really beautiful oil. Yeah, I would say those are my three big oils right now. Nice. And when it comes to men getting into their heart or into their emotional space, which has been very challenging for men on earth to really show up in their heart and emotional space and, and let down that wall of them being afraid of being insecure or being, you know, being vulnerable or being humble because they feel like they'll lose their power as men. What is an oil that would support them to get into that emotional space so they can start clearing that energy and stepping up and meeting women on the same playing field? I think Atlas Cedarwood is a beautiful oil. It's an ancient oil too. You know, the cedars of Lebanon, you know, have a lot of biblical legend. Um, Cedar has also been used in ancient meditation practices and Ayurvedic and and Chinese medicine, etc. It's distilled from the wood of the tree. So it has a very resinous and very kind of deeper calming aroma to it, but also it has more, I guess you would call like masculine, like aroma that might be more appealing to a man, but it's a very self-reflective, inner strengthening, resilient, calming, sedating. I think that would be a good oil. I think pinion pine could be a really nice oil. Uh, That's distilled from the pine needles and the cones from the pinion pine tree, which is pretty prolific in the Southwest of America. Mm -hmm. I love pinion pine. Yeah, it's beautiful oil. That might be a nice one too. Fantastic. And when it comes to children, because I know a lot of kids deal with a lot of stress bombardment Mm -hmm. from the world. Is there a remedy plant that you would recommend for parents to bring into their child's life? I think lavender. So from the from the home kit that we that we created. Lavender is like awesome. I think it 
It's beautiful. I also think sweet orange is really great. I think kids are under so much pressure and there's a lot of anxiety that can trigger negative thoughts or low self-esteem. And I think that orange or any of the citruses really like bergamot or, or tangerine or mandarin or any of those I think would be great for kids to kind of help encourage their own self-confidence and, and joy and connectedness would be really good. But lavender, I think, is just a really great stress release. Yeah, I think lavender is a good one for kids. It's amazing. You know, what I love about you is that you have so much knowledge of all of these different um, oils and how to use them and how to really step into that place of building that relationship with the plants and their families and how associating with those families can be wonderfully wonderfully beneficial for a human being, right? Mm -hmm. Not just for our evolution, but for our well-being and for our ability to handle the stress and the bombardment that's coming in. You know, and what one of the things that I really admire also too, and I wanted to ask you about it because I know that you're also into, you know, self-care and in beauty and you're creating, you know, amazing products that are about bringing that into life. But a lot of people don't know so much about what that represents. A lot of times people, they'll go to the store and they're just like, oh, I'm just going to buy something at the body shop or I'm going to buy something over here. What is clean beauty? To you. Mm, clean beauty to me is really beauty that is using ingredients that are all plant-based or plant-derived and not incorporating um, in their formulations any processes that have any petrochemical residues. So really trying to bring back that relationship to plants and understanding that there's so many components of plants, even in their whole form, like whole shea butter or whole coconut oil, um, and even in their isolated components, like things like beta carotene or um, eucalyptol or these isolated components that come out of plants. So clean beauty is really understanding that. And this is another thing too, is that there are plant ingredients, right? But even, and I said shea butter, like shea butter comes from a nut and you get the nut and you have to you have to process this nut. You have to crack it open. You have to boil it. You have to mash it. You have to put it through a strainer. You have to do all these things to it. And so there is a uh, like a, a continuum of a process of taking from the plant to the ingredient. So that whole journey of the plant to the ingredient needs to be clean. It can't be you know, contaminated along the way. Right. And so that is that is what I think clean beauty is. And there's some really great proponents of this right now. Credo Beauty, which is this incredible beauty apothecary. They're an online shop, Cutie Be- Credo Beauty. They also have some uh, two shops here in New York City and around the country. They're big proponents of clean beauty. Other stores also are you know, uh, advocating this, other websites. You see even the big names like L'Oreal and, and Estee Lauder now using more whole plant ingredients and understanding that importance as well. So it's it's definitely, I've been working in that space for like the last 15 years and before it was really a trend, but now I think it's not a trend. It's actually like embedded now. It's part of what we want. Right. I mean, I think people at this point in the the junction of their evolution are seeking to, you know, to 
to just better themselves around around the table as much as possible as we look at the table as being like their life and all the different levels mm-hmm. of their life you know who doesn't want to eat good food and I, I mean for myself i use um all organic products and you know and i use cold water you know and i really love this one in your book plant powered beauty i love this olive oil facial cleanser Mm. which is a it's a one tablespoon of plantain infused olive oil i mean first of all i love putting oils on my face and i might people always ask me like how come my face is all my skin is so perfect and everything because i oil my face you know with all these natural oils mm-hmm. and a lot of people think like if you put oil on your face like doesn't that's going to cause a problem what are your thoughts on that oh i think oils are the best thing i'm a big proponent of oiling i oil everywhere myself <laughs> And I think that's one of the best things we can do. We teach a lot of classes about skincare and about plant ingredients in skincare. But I think one of the reasons why oil is so important to the health and maintenance of our skin is that in the lower levels of of our skin, our epidermis, there's a thing called the lipid matrix, which is basically this collection of cells that kind of look like a brick wall. And in between, right, when you look at a brick wall, in between the bricks, there's the mortar that holds the wall together. So if you think of your skin as all these skin cells, there's this lipid matrix, meaning a fatty liquid, which is the mortar that holds together all of the skin cells. This fatty layer right, that's in between the skin cells, these, uh, this liquid needs to be fed. After you reach a certain age, we stop producing the natural oils that are necessary to make this lipid matrix, you know, uh, healthy and a strong enough barrier. So by applying oils to our skin, we're in fact feeding that mortar, that lipid matrix, that, that gooey glue between our cells. So that's why by oiling our skin, we are strengthening our skin barrier, strengthening the cellular membranes of our of our cells and keeping our skin still supple and healthy and protected. I think that's really important people to know that because a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people, I have a lot of friends, I go to their homes and it's chemical, 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 chemical. This is the product that I use on my face daily. It's it's Anne Marie. Oh, her stuff is beautiful. I know her brand very well. Yeah, beautiful. I love her products. Her stuff is amazing. She's terrific. And she has a great newsletter too. I don't know if you subscribe to it, but she's a proponent, right? So she understands all of this, that every drop of her little serum here um, is feeding that lipid matrix. And that lipid matrix is not only good for the appearance of our skin, but people forget, you know, our skin is our not only our largest organ, but it's one of the largest systems in our body that supports our immunity. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, our immune function, you know, it's very, it's very deeply linked to the, our immunity. I mean, think about it too. Like, like I have a lot of elderly people in my life right now. And, you know, as we age, our skin gets more and more fragile and elderly, you know, those with elderly skin and very sensitive, delicate skin are more susceptible to getting bacterial infections, to getting wounds that won't heal. Like I had a elderly cousin who had a wound that didn't heal for a year. 
he was in his 80s. You know what I mean? So I think oiling the skin as you do and as I do completely is actually one of those things that we should be doing as a preventative for our well-being. Just like, you know, we go exercise or we eat organic food or we make sure we take our supplements every morning. We should make sure we're oiling ourselves because this will benefit us as we age. Oh, I oil myself. I'm a crazy oil person. Yeah, no, I am too. The other company that I use is Aromatherapy Associates. Oh, they're nice. So I, I don't know. I'm not as familiar. Her products I'm very familiar with. Yeah, they're with, more but... in England, but they also do stuff here in the States as well. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I oil, I put all their oils all over the body. And the woman who started it was in a, started doing essential oils out of her house in England and then it just grew into a company um, and it's always it's always stayed the same exact way they keep everything very clear like they source everything you, you should look into them yeah there. no I know them but I haven't really used the products but I've admired their company for sure yeah I love putting their oils I mean I oil my body I mean if you look around my room you'll find oils everywhere I'm like <laughs> oiling everything all the time people are like wow your skin is so soft and like you're so you know I'm 44 years old. People don't even think I look 44. It's because I, I I live in oil. Mm-hmm. I well, live in oil. It's one of the best things. And unfortunately, I think, which is why I love the oil cleanser, right? To cleanse with oil is really the best way to cleanse your body because... When you use soap, you're actually like stripping away some of the the necessary uh, coating, which is called our skin microbiome, which is really necessary for the health of our skin. And you can really disrupt it. And our immune system. And our immune system. It's exactly. directly linked to our immune system. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't even know that, you know, they don't even know that when they... When their skin microbiome is off, even if they wear clothes with synthetic fabrics, those things can also cause cancer. Exactly. It's unbelievable. So by oiling it, you're kind of helping to help um, strengthen that skin microbiome. And I'm not to say don't use soap. I mean, you can use soaps that are rich in all the fatty oils like coconut and avocado, etc. But I think you want to steer away from soaps that have what are called sulfates in them, which are known to be real disruptors of the skin microbiome, mm-hmm. which is why many people find them to be irritating, making them itch a little bit or get rashes. Mm-hmm. So... But what's nice about oil cleansing is that the oil will help lift up the dirt. Yeah, those those things that make people itch actually affect the um, the layer of the epidermis in a very negative way. Like mm-hmm. it's literally an agent of irritation and inflammation onto the epidermis, which can cause all kinds of rashes and open mm-hmm. sores as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's like no no bueno. Speaking of the word botanica, what what when people cuz a lot of I know I know what these things are, but I want but everyone in the tribe doesn't know what it is. You know, when you hear the word botanica, what is it referring to? Okay, when you hear the word botanica or botanicals or botanics or whatever, it just means things that come from plants. So any ingredients or any kind of ways that we're using plants both in all sorts of ways. I mean, you can use them in food, you can use them in beauty formulations and medicinal preparations. So using botanicals, meaning using all of the components that are derived from plants. Right, great, perfect. I'm so excited about that. Do you think, um, my love, that 
creating your own homemade, because you know, this book, Plant Powered Beauty is amazing. Do you think it's essential for people to to rather learn how to make their own beauty care products than to just go buy something over the shelf? I think it's a good place to start. And I think it's a beautiful place to start creating a relationship with the plant ingredients because then you begin to feel it, you smell it, you you mix it up, you see how it reacts with other plant ingredients. It's like a way to get to know it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really fun way to get to know the plant ingredients. What we tried to do with this book is make it really accessible. Like it literally could be things that you have at home in your fridge or in your cabinet because I think that's another thing that makes people nervous. They're like, oh, I could never make it or I have to go out and buy all these things or they find some excuse not to kind of engage. But we tried to keep it super simple. And so, and then also uh, I put together lots of really great information charts in that book. Like there's a great, really easy, like total beginner level on essential oils. There's a great one on carrier oils. We had talked earlier about like almond oil and avocado oil and all of that. So there's a great chart on that. There's great, like you can even use like oat flour or oatmeal to use a mask or in your bath. Like there's so many things at home that you could use um, to really benefit and to kind of help uh, establish and begin that relationship with the botanicals. So this isn't, I mean, this book is amazing and I definitely, um, all, all the tribal members, you should definitely have this book on your shelf in your home and have fun with your family and your kids and friends have a day where you have a, a day where you, you know, or you invite friends over and you have wonderful tea and you it's a day of creating homemade products that you can you can get to share with your family and friends and it's a great way to bring gifts to people too especially you know with holiday seasons and you know and birthdays which i call anniversaries and you know anything like even just giving a friend something that you made is so much more better than just going out to store and buying it because it's made from you and your love went into it your energy went into it and that's such a beautiful gift and having the plant powered beauty um book that um that amy and Christina created is a must have in your home so that you can get these, these, these beginning steps, you know, to making things beautiful and accessible in your life, which I think is so important today to make things um, beautiful and accessible in our lives. Here's something that I love to do a lot. And I know my niece who will be listening to the share when it comes out, because she just lives in the tub, you know, (laughs) and like every time we get a house or we're traveling and we're on tour, she's like, which which room has the tub, you know? So, and then and once, and then when we got a house in LA, I ended up having this beautiful tub and she's like filling it up with roses and, you know, putting all her oils in it and so forth. What is a good formula that you would say is great for having that amazing, you know, let's call it the Amy Galper bath. Oh my gosh. Um, there are so many. I'm trying to think what I've been mixing up recently. Because <laughs> it's literally a brew. You're actually creating a magical yeah. brew for, for your um, soul and your body. Well, first of all, I love baths that have salt. So I'm a big salt soak person. And I have a really love the Dead Sea salts. So I usually put like all of my essential oils. I usually just mix in the, like a quarter cup of Dead Sea salts and then put that in the tub. So it must recently, be all your visits to Israel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> visits to Israel, but also just loving the power of the Dead Sea salts. It really is powerful. But if you can't get Dead Sea salts, like any kind of sea salt, like you 
you could get. Even Epsom salt is awesome. The magnesium is like super relaxing. But I do think using salt of some sort, mm-hmm. I mean, not your regular table salt, but like a sea salt, you can grab it really anywhere, um, is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And then you would mix the oils in. So, hmm, what have I done lately? Uh, we're going to call this, we're, you're going to make one up for us right now. It's going to call it, we're going to call it the lit bath by Amy Galper. Okay. The lit bath. I would say an, one of my favorite combinations for the bath is frankincense, clary sage, lavender. And then sometimes I might put just a drop. I'll alternate. I'll put either a drop of helichrysum or a drop of blue tansy in there. So to me, that is like the ultimate. You know, clary sage for me is really sedating and it helps like for me where it resonates is that I am a total, I'm always busy. I'm always excited about something. I'm running around and sometimes I just need to like get back in my body. And so clary sage to me has that like really grounding combined with the frankincense and the lavender. It's just like really great for just bringing me center and then either the blue tansy or the helichrysum or sometimes it might even mix them together um, is just great for that inner work you know of using the tub for like you know transformation yeah Yeah, connection transformation exactly you know going into the crystallis state but with water yeah it's like an ancient atlantis let's say you know being in that that the pool of water with the you know with the ocean water that they would do and they would put the charge the crystals and do a mm-hmm. whole you know whole um, singing around the water and so forth was very mm-hmm. healing for a lot of people so mm-hmm. we're gonna call that the lit bath by Amy Galper. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you feel that we nurture ourselves enough? Um, in in the world, you know, since everyone who's listening is is from all parts of the world, do you feel that we nurture ourselves in the world, and that these ways, that these techniques that we find in what you're speaking about, is a way to create pet preventative medicine for us and create mindfulness for ourselves? Absolutely, I don't think we at all nurture ourselves at all enough, and I'm a big. I fall into that category. I try really hard, you know, but we have to make that time. And, you know, and it's with anything, you just have to, you know, make space for it. And I think, like I said before, with the oils, which is so nice, is that they make you be still. They invite you. They more than invite you. It's like a strong, like, tug to be like, sit down, smell this, be still. And I think it's a really great beginning to do that. And I think it's a great vehicle to get into the space of, you know, connecting with other people, to forming community, all of that. Like there's nothing more beautiful, I think, for all of us at this school, all of us who teach there. We have a really beautiful crew of teachers now because we have so many classes. But I think there's nothing to me more powerful than having a group of students who in that moment when we're all smelling together and we're all sharing what we're feeling from smelling it and then having that incredible experience together. And then I bump into a student, I don't know, six months later, a year later and find out that like 
her best friend was made in the class, you know, for smelling frankincense or whatever. No, I love that. You know, it's like, to me, that is like what it's about. It's about like creating not only those relationships with the plant, but with each other and understanding how this can be such a tool to kind of just cultivate more compassion and kindness in a world that really needs it. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. And how, how can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they learn from you? Like, like right okay. now, tribal members want, now want to reach out to you. They want to follow you on Instagram. What is, what is okay. your, how do they do that? Um, on Instagram, we're at, at Aromatic Studies. So um, that's pretty easy. Uh, still spell it out. Okay. Uh, at Aromatic Studies, A-R-O-M-A-T-I-C, S-T-U-D-I-E-S. That's us on Instagram. And then our website is aromaticstudies.com. And um, you can reach me, Amy, at aromaticstudies.com. And uh, yeah, that's the best way to find out. We offer all sorts of classes from the beginner Like, I just want to learn how to make, oh, for example, we're offering a really fun class this week on how to diffuse essential oils. A lot of people have questions. Like they get these beautiful diffusers and oils and they're like, I don't really understand how to use this machine or how to use it. Or can I use it when my cat is in the room? Or they have tons of questions. So we're doing a really fun class on how to diffuse essential oils. Do these classes, do you, will you have more of those type of classes? Oh, absolutely. And also we have live streaming. So if you can't be in New York or you're from somewhere all over the world, you can just go online and and sign up for our live stream class. And then you have access to that live stream like for a lifetime. No, for that's some wonderful because everyone in the tribe is from all over the world. I mean, we have people who are on here from Kenya, from Uganda, from the Philippines, from all over. So, yeah. so we have a really great live stream option. And then we also have online learning. We have a huge online learning um, uh, curriculum. So we have these e- these fun kind of you know do it yourself classes, and then we also have like really professional level training to be a certified clinical aromatherapist kind of thing. So we have a whole range. It's, this is so well rounded. I love it. You yeah. know, this is so wonderful. You've done wonderful, wonderful, beautiful things in this world, Amy. And I, I honor you for Thank creating you. this for the world because we do need to get back to our senses in in in, in literal terms. <laughs> in yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> we have to get back to our senses. We do. I love that. That should be like a bumper sticker. <laughs> I, I I honestly believe my uh, production team will probably make that the, the name of the show, Getting Back to Your Senses. <laughs> so I really thank you for being here with us in studio today and being a part of Ancient Wisdom today. It was an honor to speak to you. Oh, this has been such a pleasure. Really, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me and of all that. Meant thank a lot. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, tribe, you, 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 you got it. You know, this is what it's about: getting back to the senses, remembering who we are, and we only can do that when we stop and step into a place of stillness, so that we can take in the essence and the beauty of life that is in the plants, that's within us, and that's within the world around us. Then, the more we create that in our lives, the more powerful and lit we're going to be. Having Amy Gelper on the share today not only allowed us to step into a place of understanding, but to get rich in knowledge, which is what it's about. 
about. Because the more knowledge we have, the more power we have. And we get to make decisions that govern our life in the highest way. So when you do get a chance, please go out there and get her book, Plant Powered Beauty. And check out um, her school if you want to learn. You can do it from all over the world. So it's not just for those who are here in the States. It's for everyone in the world. You know, get certified in aromatherapy. Learn how to bring that balance into the lives of other people. And being able to enrich the life of yourself and those around you is the greatest gift we can offer it to ourselves and to the world. And remember how powerful you are. You can follow me at Shaman Durek on Instagram. And if you want to level up, you can take some of the shamanic classes. Sign up on my newsletter at shamandurek.com. Remember, there's no one like you in the world. So shine, shine, shine as bright as you can and never stop. Until next time, see you later, alligator. <laughs>